While we were marching through Georgia, everybody swing your honey, swing your high and low. The Alaman left for the old left hand, around the ring you go. A grand old right to left walk on your heel and toe. Promenade that pretty gal to Georgia. We all know the story of the pilgrims eking out a meager living with the help of friendly Native Americans. I myself will always remember the way we prepared for Thanksgiving in school, by making pilgrim hats and reading about the history of the Plymouth Colony. Now, I grew up in New Jersey with people who claimed to be descendants of Mayflower passengers. Thanksgiving was a big deal. It was more than a speed bump between Halloween and Christmas. In fact, however, our Massachusetts forefathers may not have been the first to proclaim such a day in America. In 1619, a group of English colonists landed in Virginia and declared a day of thanksgiving for their safe arrival, and planned to celebrate that day every year thereafter. Now, that was not a harvest-related thanksgiving feast, more of a day of prayer. However, it was technically a day of thanksgiving, and it was over a year before the pilgrims were blown off course from their planned trip to Virginia and instead landed in Massachusetts. This is a Moving Through Georgia extra about an idea that didn't catch on right away in the South. Thanksgiving. American colonies often celebrated days of Thanksgiving after major events. In 1777, the Continental Congress declared a day of Thanksgiving after receiving news of the victory at Saratoga. In 1789, George Washington marked a day of Thanksgiving for the newly minted Constitution. In the first half of the 1800s, a yearly Thanksgiving feast was a fairly established tradition in the North. The governor of a state would declare a day in November or December to be their yearly celebration, and by then most Thanksgiving tables would look like they do today. Turkey, pumpkin pie, and cranberries, a distinctly northern fruit. In the South, Thanksgiving days were more infrequent and were centered on church attendance and prayer. In 1826, Governor George Troop asked the State Assembly to set aside one day as a statewide day of Thanksgiving. It was settled for the first Thursday of November, 1827, a day that the governor believed Georgians should with repentant hearts make grateful acknowledgement for the blessing conferred by the universal parent and with holy piety and fervent devotion beseech the forgiveness of sins and the continuance of his gracious mercy and goodness to us as a people. The day didn't become a recurring holiday until the legislature established the first Friday in November in 1842. In 1845, Governor George Crawford changed the date to February 13th, and that lasted a few years before being changed back to the fourth Friday of November. Enter Sarah Josepha Hale, author of Mary Had a Little Lamb. She was born in New Hampshire, and besides that particular poem, she wrote a novel in which she described a northern Thanksgiving Day feast, including turkey, stuffing, pumpkin pie, pickles, pork, mutton, duck, and of course, chicken pie. Chicken pie, seriously. In the early 1800s, chicken pie was as much a part of Thanksgiving as turkey and stuffing, maybe even more. 
Hale kind of glosses over all the food on the table and focuses in on the chicken pie, calling it an indispensable part of a good and true Yankee Thanksgiving, the size of the pie usually denoting the gratitude of the party who prepares the feast. The bigger the pie, the more thankful you are. Hale decided that the nation as a whole should take one day a year for saying thanks and eating chicken pie. As editor of one of the country's most popular magazines, she lobbied for the holiday and published stories, poetry, and recipes based on it. She started writing letters to governors throughout the country and is credited for influencing several states to hold Thanksgiving celebrations. The holiday may have been a hit back home, but it would take longer for the idea to take root in the South. First, many of the northern churches that were champions of the idea were also actively promoting the idea of abolishing slavery. One southern governor feared that opening the door to a northern-inspired holiday would also open the door to northern politics. Some took issue with the general feasting associated with Thanksgiving. In the South, days of Thanksgiving were spent in church or in solemn prayer, not gossiping over the chicken pie. A newspaper in Richmond pointed out that federal offices would be closed for Thanksgiving, and rather than attending church, an astonishing quantity of execrable liquor will be guzzled. There was one other reason that Thanksgiving didn't really work in the South. They already had a day that people gathered with family and friends and enjoyed feasting and fellowship. Christmas. Remember, those same Puritans that famously invited the Native Americans to three days of feasting to celebrate their good fortune in the New World also thought celebrating Christmas was a sin. In Boston, Christmas was even illegal for a time. Christmas wouldn't be a recognized national holiday until 1870, and until then many northern schools still had classes on December 25th. In the South, however, Christmas was already part of the regular social calendar, and to a Southerner, having a northern Thanksgiving in November was redundant. In 1863, Hale wrote a letter to Abraham Lincoln asking him to set aside a day in November as a national, or as she put it, a union day of Thanksgiving. Lincoln delivered a proclamation stating that peace and prosperity reigned all over the United States except for the war and that I do therefore invite my fellow citizens in every part of the United States and also those who are at sea and those who are sojourning in foreign lands to set apart and observe the last Thursday of November next as a day of thanksgiving and praise to our beneficent Father who dwelleth in the heavens. He did it again in 1864 and so did every president after him. At first, Thanksgiving celebrations were rare in the Reconstruction South, but eventually the idea caught on. Then, it might have been the one time of year that a resident of Georgia would see pumpkin pie and cranberries. By 1890, you might have a hard time telling if a particular table was from the North or the South on Thanksgiving. Both would have oysters, turkey with stuffing, cranberry, and potatoes. 
Well, if you're a subscriber listening to this, I hope you have a wonderful Thanksgiving. If you have any comments or questions or just something to say, you can send it to movingthroughgeorgia at gmail.com. I'd love to hear from you. Okay, I'm going to end this with two final points. The first is that Lincoln's proclamation places Thanksgiving on the last Thursday of November. In 1939, the Depression was in full swing and FDR wanted to assist the economy. That year, November, had five Thursdays, so he moved Thanksgiving from the last Thursday to the fourth Thursday, giving Americans an extra week to shop for Christmas. There was some confusion until Congress changed the holiday to the fourth Thursday in November in 1941. This was at a time when you would see Christmas decorations in stores after Thanksgiving, not in September. Also, you may wonder why these various days of Thanksgiving were proclaimed for Thursdays. Friday was often a day of fasting for the Catholic Church. The legislators may have believed that a day of thanksgiving would conflict with this, or may not have wanted to associate their day of thanksgiving with the Catholic Church at all. Have a wonderful and happy thanksgiving, and just because this is my podcast and I can, I'm going to end with a poem by Chelsea Rathburn, the Poet Laureate of Georgia. This was written in 2020. It's called, What Are You Grateful For? Our daughter, seven, labeled her thanks last year. My family, kittens, reading, school, and friends on a silly-eyed construction paper bird she carried home. Secure in every word and the sturdiness of the world. It's still here on our fridge, one grateful four per yellow feather. Now eight, locked down. The only thanks she'll give is that this year is nearly over. We live less certainly, watching hot spots and trends. I add, our health, and that we're here together. Step right up and swing them, boys, swing them mighty high. That's the way we do it down in Georgia. Everybody swing your honey, swing your high and low. The yellow man left for the old left hand, around the ring you go. A grand old right left walk on your heel and toe. From an aid that pretty gal to Georgia. That's all.